Yeah, I have been sick as a dog lately. Uh, over the holidays, my niece decided that it was a super funny joke to, uh, anytime you weren't paying attention, try to cough or sneeze directly into your mouth. Wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a fun game. Yeah, I've I've heard that this is a thing that a lot of little kids do. They, they think it's funny because of the reaction you give them, which is usually like, oh, God, please don't do that. Oh, man, I do not want to get sick. Like, <laughs> yeah. Nailed Hilarious. It. I mean, the fact that she's doing it intentionally means that you can get her to stop. Right. The, the ones you really got to worry about are the ones where they just don't even realize they're doing it. And then you're like, please don't do that. And they're like, do what? <laughs> no, that's that's fair. I wouldn't be so frustrated with her if I didn't know that she was treating it like a game. Because then it's like, yeah. well, that's what happens when you interact with people who are carrying a cold. You know? Yeah. That's not a little kid thing. The little kid thing is absolutely... Was that like a South Park joke? Yeah. Like everybody had to spit in each other's mouths so that they could all get chicken pox or something? Yeah. Bring, bring back the chicken pox parties, man. Let's make it happen. Oh, wait, no, vaccines. Uh, never mind. So can you get uh, vaccinated against chicken pox? I've never had chicken pox. You've never had it? Yeah, you do get vaccinated chicken pox. I have never yeah. had chicken pox. Yeah, I had it. Like all my brothers and sisters did have it. So they were like, you probably like should have had it. I guess maybe you just don't get it. I don't know. Yeah. I might be like some sort of uh, in the zombie apocalypse is like the didn't get sick. And then they <laughs> right, have to yeah. be like, oh, we need to clone your blood. <laughs> well, did your kids have it? They vaccinate for it now. So now no one gets it. Interesting. Yeah. Except now everybody gets it because vaccines. Right, uh, right, right. You know, right. everyone hates them. <laughs> I wonder if uh, when the permafrost melts and all of the smallpox bodies uh, that have been sitting there for the past, you know, couple hundred years come out and start infecting people if people who got immunized against chicken pox will have a little bit more resistance to the smallpox that's going to wipe us all out. That'd be nice. Yeah, nice for your kids, I guess. We can, yeah. One can only hope. That did, That is like a serious like zombie apocalypse type scenario. Like when the shambling corpses with ancient diseases arise from their yeah, frozen right. graves. <laughs> well, I don't think anyone's necessarily worried about the corpses literally coming back to life. It's just going to be like, oh, we can plant here now because the soil's not always frozen. What's this? Oops, it's a mass grave. Now our entire village is going to die. Yeah, that's going to be a fun time. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it on our what's the worst apocalypse scenario uh, bracket episode, I think. Oh, but that's why we ended up voting for climate change, because climate change is going to bring about it's the best of both worlds. Almost all yeah. of the other apocalypses. Nuclear exchange, 100%. Somebody's going to nuke somebody else over fucking drinking water. Happy 2018. Let's start the show. <laughs> 19. You fucked it up. <laughs> oh, shit. Hold on. No, we no, we have to keep that one. That was. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck. Hey, happy, uh, I've been informed 2019 from your family here at Liquid Flannel. I am Matthew Hodges in Arlington, Texas, joined by my 2019 and hopefully in the future companion in Omaha, Nebraska, Brendan Williams. Brendan, happy hear new year. Hear ye, hear ye. I hereby declare this podcast of 2019 open. I know, what do they actually say? They did this, they did the congressional yeah, sure. oh, oh, swearing oh, yeah, oh, yeah. today. Um, and it was lit. Mm -hmm. People were doing their catchphrases. Yeah. It was like uh, it was like doing the roll call on the first day of school. You know, you gotta like get out there, set the tone for the year, be like, "Hey, what's up?" Was it was it Ilhan Omar's kids who were dabbing <laughs> up in the gallery? Oh no! Now that they're gonna be like, remember when Obama fist bumped his wife, and then Fox News was like, "Did they just do the terrorist fist jab?" Oh, right, yeah. Uh, I can only imagine what dabbing will become now. I mean, you've got people still calling Liz Warren Pocahontas constantly, and just like, well, that's just that's just what the discourse is yeah. like now. Man, when she gets cast uh, as the mocap actress for CG Pocahontas, the Disney's rebooting, they're going to be singing yeah. a different In tune, okay? Incredibly offensive. I was, I was with her for trying to dismantle Wall Street's power over uh, American politics, but... Um, yeah, when she starred in no fewer than three roles in the, the reboot of Dances with Wolves, it was like, this is actually really insensitive. Yeah, when she came out uh, to the presidential debate stage, like, in full Native American regalia. Jesus. Uh, just full, full headpiece. I'm not even sure who we're being... <laughs> 
ironic against right now. The the whole like race science DNA test, like I'm gonna get my calipers out, shit like actually is really embarrassing, and it makes it hard to support her, even though otherwise she seems great. I no, mean, she's I mean, actually I, super progressive. I love the idea that the right wing is going to just attack a a candidate on the left for not being native american enough you know <laughs> right. like that's that's the most ironic attack that you could possibly make uh it, it's it's pretty great well actually no i i want to bring up a thing that happened today and if i forget uh what my point was by the end you got to remind me we were talking about liz warren and the dna test thing um but today there was a big kerfuffle online on twitter at least probably on facebook uh, about this video that surfaced of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Oh, hell yeah. Um, in like a video that was... This is my fave. I think it was filmed for... They said it was in high school, but I think it was like a, a college um, yeah. like recruitment It was for Boston College. It was, she, Boston Co- it was Bo- like a meme Boston that college. she did, like a video meme. Like back when people used to do like the Harlem Shake or whatever. Like yeah, this yeah, was yeah. one of those where it was like, oh, do the Breakfast Club dance yeah. challenge or whatever. And, that, and that's all it is. And you had all of these conservative scolds come out and say like good job new york like this is your new congressperson <laughs> and and the and the completely predictable response to that was like oh my god it's like high schoolers having fun together yeah. like it's so bad that high schoolers dance and have friends like is this fucking footloose was a thing that came up a lot why isn't she at a kegger with paul ryan like planning cuts to medicaid that's the <laughs> right, only yeah. acceptable college behavior <laughs> Or otherwise be one of those, uh, like, weird debate club lizards who, like, carries a briefcase to school. Right. When they when they literally just elected a dude to the Supreme Court that was like, hey, what'd you do in, in high school or whatever? And he's like, I got fucking blackout drunk, like, every weekend. And I loved it. And how dare you question, <laughs> right. you know, my ability to get totally pissed. Yeah, it's Yeah, or, you know, you, you appoint someone to the Supreme Court who simultaneously admits that that they loved beer so much that they can't stop talking about it, but also kept a rigorous diary of every single thing they did over their, their senior summer. All the non rapes um, that they did. No, right. No right. rapes today. Check Mark. Yeah. So, so you had these, uh, you know, various other takes, like why do they hate this so much? Uh, a, a lot of, uh, floated theories of, you know, misogyny that, uh, a lot of these guys just, because it, it largely came from like male, the male commentariat, conservative right. commentariat, um, that it's just misogyny. They don't like seeing like a strong, powerful woman having fun. They get to paint her as being like girlish and non-serious. Whereas like if you're more serious, you get painted as robotic and, and un, unapproachable, unrelatable. Right. Um, so right. Well, it, these and, are the same people who are literally Trump is retweeting like Elizabeth Warren meme jokes on the same day. Right. Yeah. They're saying, like, out. look at this candidate from the left dancing and being frivolous. Like, we demand seriousness from our politicians, please. Prints out a Game of Thrones meme, <laughs> at, like, full poster size, and takes it to his first cabinet meeting of the year. It's so intimidating, you know, when you have the photoshopped Game of Thrones poster. Um, yeah. You know, that's when you go into your meeting at work and your boss has a photoshopped poster of him on like a Game of Thrones character (laughs) being like, hey, annual performance reviews are coming. You know, like, you you know, walk into that meeting and you're like, whoa, this is a serious guy. here." It is. It is absolutely a power move as long as (laughs) nobody feels like they can say anything about it. There's that theory, the, the unserious versus robotic thing or. Uh, you know, some people, I guess, have tried to paint it as like, look at how nice that campus is. Like, she's not actually poor, which is a thing that constantly yeah. is brought she up against her. She bought a Boston University t-shirt, and you know she probably got it at the bookstore. And that shit's like twenty nine ninety nine. dollars Dude, it's super expensive for one t-shirt. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yep. So she's, a, she's clearly a rich person in, dis- yeah. in disguise. Uh, but class, the, class trader. I, I think the real thing is, I, I think that people get distracted by wondering what the... Uh, like what the specific objection is, like what's the rationale? Because in theory, if there was a rationale, you could find counterexamples and like point out hypocrisy, for instance, and say like, like you said, you know, this this candidate's being unserious, but what about your president who's online all the time, like memeing and retweeting Chan kids and shit like that? Uh, 
And it's the same thing with Liz Warren. People try to figure out, you know, like, well, okay, she she may have claimed uh, this this heritage that isn't quite historically accurate, but like, look at the other like insensitive things that people on the right have said about race or indigenous people's issues or or anything like that. I think that that's missing the point. I think the thing is conservatives just hate these people. They hate anybody who is left of, I mean, the, the biggest voting block for the conservatives is people who hate anybody who goes against Donald Trump in any way at all. Right. And they'll, they'll find any reason they can to glom onto. They'll, they throw every single thing at the wall. And if it sticks, then it sticks forever. And if right. it doesn't stick, there will be another thing tomorrow. It's a good strategy. There's an idea of like what sticks. And then there's also an idea of like what matters. Like if the thing that you can pin on Elizabeth Warren is one time 40 years ago or something, she fudged her college application did she even do that? I mean, no, I, I not thought really, that the, but... I thought the actual story was that she never actually put it on anything that would have, like, secured a better position for her. She just has used it as, like, a family anecdote in the past. Right. <laughs> exactly. Something like that. Uh, and so, yeah, even in the worst case scenario of, like, you know, she forged her identity or, like, she stole the cultural identity of Native Americanism to benefit herself right. and herself alone by getting an education, you know, that's such an indictment of like the structure of, you know, education where like you would need to do that to, you know, get into the, a good school or something like that. There's so many more issues to that, that brings up that I almost agree in a way, like if that's the best thing they can throw at Elizabeth Warren, that's absolutely pathetic. And if Elizabeth Warren can't get over that, then she has bigger problems, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, it, she absolutely. can't move on from that in the in the minds of the media or whatever. And, and that was Hillary Clinton's problem, but also Hillary Clinton. You no, know, she actually had a lot to... of really sketchy stuff in her past <laughs> right. that it's and really hard to answer for. Absolutely, when you have been in government for so long and you've been in the public life for so long, you know these things kind of stack up, just like with Trump, right? Like, well, but also, Trump... I mean, the the Clintons are genuinely like grifters, though. I mean, they, they've had their, their fingers in so many weird, uh, unsavory things over the years that it's not hard to... I mean, yes, there has been a sustained media attack against Hillary Clinton since she was first lady. That doesn't mean that she didn't also do a bunch of shit that was, like, disqualifying. No, absolutely. You know? And I think, you know, again, the same thing with... But anybody has that, right? I mean, no one is perfect. Any Everybody's going to have that. And the, the thing of it is, is... Can you move on from it, right? Can you if let's focus on the real issues, right? Like sure. how many times does a politician say that, right? If you can't successfully do that, then you're probably not a very good politician. You yeah, know what I, I mean, mean? It's, so it, it's it's almost like a test that you have to overcome is those type of things. And like I said, if the worst thing that they can find is something like that, like you danced in a dance video in college right. or you did something thirty years ago that was kind of weird. That's really not that big of a hurdle that you should be able to overcome if you're, you know, a good political candidate. Right. Well, I, I think you're 100 percent right. And I think the difference really does come down to how you treat the issue when it comes up. In Liz Warren's case, she decided to go like full on phrenological with it, right. um, which is kind of scary that she would lean into the lie so far as to think that that was going to help her. Um, or you can do what AOC does and be like. Oh, so you guys like don't have friends then? Okay, <laughs> uh, like I'm not ashamed of this. It was it was a fun time. I would much rather have them attacking Elizabeth Warren on the concept of like you shouldn't lie about being a Native American. Like, sure, okay, yeah, you you win that one. You know, yeah. what about her position on like Medicare for all? You know, yeah. where, where are you on that one? What about what uh, about if you're regulating your Wall time, Street? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, arguing about some stupid shit, and she's out there talking about some substantive shit. Okay, I guess I guess you won that one, but yeah. you know what? What did you give up by not engaging on the substantive issues? Yeah, for and that's sure. The I, problem is they don't have the response to those. That's satisfying. They don't, at all. No, that's that's the most important takeaway for the left. I think I, all I they think, can win on is frivolity right. of their and arguments. And you saw that a couple of years ago in the uh, the state house election or the the Commonwealth Assembly in Virginia, where the trans gal ran. And her opponent went full in on, 
like an identity attack you know do do you want right. this person who you know thinks that like men should be molesting your daughter in bathrooms uh like representing you as a people and she was like i'm gonna fix the highway and she won like d- d- unseated the like the third most powerful republican in the state house um just based on like an issues based campaign because he had no answer for it you're making an again you're making an issue out of something that most people don't actually care about you know what right. i mean like like I, you know i really couldn't care less like what my politician did in college 30 years ago I want to care about like what they're doing right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? And again, Trump was able to successfully do that. Nobody focused on all of the shady ass shit that he had done in his past right. when he was running. They focused on like, well, this is what he's going to do now. He's going to make America great again. Woohoo! Yep. You know? So again, if you can't make that pivot, then you probably shouldn't be. Yeah. 100%. Anyway. I mean, say what uh, we, we have said 1 million words about Donald Trump, but you do have to hand it to him for running what amounts to like a materialist campaign as opposed to a like a civility one, which we had been used to kind of civility politics and the the substance of the issues kind of went by the wayside. And he came out and said, I'm going to deport all the Muslims. I'm going to uh, incarcerate like every single criminal ever, including uh, everybody in the news media. And I'm going to build a big fuck off wall. Uh. And people went like, okay, that sounds substantive. Oh my God. Did you see his, uh, his impromptu press conference today? No, no. Yeah. It was absolutely he, amazing. He jumped on to try to like steal the limelight away from, uh, the, the house swearing in and Nancy Pelosi getting elected house speaker. Right. Yeah. So that, that, ha- that was going on in the afternoon. And then they announced, uh, like, Hey, like in, a, in 45 minutes, like Trump will be giving an impromptu bre- press briefing. And this is literally the first time I-, I couldn't believe this when I read this, this is the first time Trump has appeared at a press briefing in the press briefing room at the white house. Oh, he, one time like walked in on the side and was like, Hey, n- big North Korea news later. <laughs> And this is the first time that he was actually at the podium speaking during a press briefing. In the press room. No, that's absolutely insane. Over two years into his presidency. So he he announces that and people are like, oh, what is he gonna is he gonna announce some deal or some wall thing or like what is he gonna do? Is he is he who knows what he could say? Like if they're calling an impromptu press briefing Clearly, he will have some sort of announcement. Yeah, did or we news did we just to, go to, to war? Yeah, right. Nobody knows. So everyone's like rushing down there, and then he comes out. Hey, I thought it was really important that you guys know like how much I want the wall, and I brought some guys from the border patrol here. Oh, that's where and they're that going to talk about how you want the wall. And then a guy walks up and he's like, "Yeah, uh, a wall would keep some people out." So listen to President Trump. And then he was like, thanks. It it was like five minutes long. And people were like, that was the stupidest waste of time. CNBC cut to it. And then as soon as he started talking and they were like, oh, this is not, they just kind of went, they're like, never mind. Like we thought that was going to be news, but it wasn't. That's fantastic. Just move on. It's so funny that he locked himself into this unwinnable position, like on the eve of the Democrats taking over Congress. He, He didn't have to do that. But he did it, and now he can't get out of it because he looks so stupid. Right. They're at such an impasse, and it's it makes him look absolutely idiotic. Thing where he said to Chuck Schumer, like, "You guys got to give me a break here because I can't give in, and I'll look stupid." Yeah, right. I mean, like, uh, we we should yeah, no, that's the point. We, you did. We should it. make sure to date stamp this because we're recording this on the third, and as of recording. The government still shut down. Well, I mean, the wall could get built at any moment. Uh, that's what I hear. Um, it's just on the precipice of just being struck. But yeah, literally there. told Chuck Schumer, I can't give in on the government shutdown without something or I'm going to look weak. It's like, well, yeah. Yeah, dude, that's the point. <laughs> it, yeah, it's it's an amazing uh, unforced error. So he walks out with these four identical looking Border Patrol agents. They're almost identical. They all look like uh, slightly chunkier clones of the Hitman like avatar 1000 <laughs> percent, yeah. yes uh, except one of them is really short and it's like oh that was like the 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 runt of the litter if you were to draw like a political cartoon where trump's at a podium and like four slightly overweight cops 
you know, skinhead cops are behind right. him, you know, talking about the racist wall, people would be like, whoa, dude, like a little on the nose there. <laughs> right. Like even Trump's not stupid enough <laughs> to do that one. And no, he fully That did. was one of my favorite takes I saw on Twitter was somebody commenting on the photo and was like, why are all these guys perfectly bald? Like, does working on the border cause hair loss? And someone was like, no, it causes skinhead. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it would be a good a good look for out there. I mean, I guess you're wearing a, a hat or something, uh, so it doesn't really matter. Right, uh, yeah. You don't want to get that hat hair, you know, out well, there on the Well, it's absolutely not a good look for Trump to have, right. like, four actual, you know, white supremacists, right. uh, like, jackbooted thugs with literal right. skinheads backing him up but he doesn't give a fuck these border patrol dudes of all the people who know they know the wall is the stupidest thing ever but they also know that if by some chance the wall does get built they'll have to hire a bunch of people to hang out on the wall (laughs) right right so like it's in their best interest to just say like hey we know the wall is is really stupid but it is going to really be up in our budget and payroll. So uh, let's just say the walls are a great idea, even though they know a wall isn't going to do a damn thing because they got walls all over the place. And it's not that hard to get around a wall. Well, also, in, I mean, in some way people people don't talk about it too much, but a, a load of undocumented uh, like resident immigration happens in this country not across the borders uh, on foot or, you know, like by land, you know, people come in, a lot of them come in by planes. They come in on workers visas and then just overstay. Yeah. Travel visas. They go visit, you know, the the U.S. and then they just end up staying there. They go visit family and then they just end up living there or whatever. Absolutely. They come in on a a student visa and then just don't leave. And, you know, and the, the funny thing is they call that like, quote, illegal immigration too. Right. But. A lot of times it's just like, oh, well, I was living here for many years and like I had a job, but then I got laid off. So like, I guess now I'm technically like an illegal immigrant because yeah. like my green card's no longer sponsored by a corporation Yeah, so totally. my, my visa expired because I was unemployed for three months or something like right. that. Sure. But like if they could get a new job, then their new company would be like, oh, yeah, sure. We'll sponsor your green card and you can say. Right. And so, but those people still count as, quote like illegal immigrants, even though they're only, you know, between jobs for a few months. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, you know, it bears pointing out, we have mentioned it before, but you look at the like anti-immigrant rhetoric on the part of Trump supporters and they're like, well, it's actually good that this little kid died because then maybe uh, like their parents learned their lesson about trying to break laws and stuff. Um, When the actual like codified penalty for crossing the border illegally is like on the nature of uh like running a red light or something like that you know yeah, it's like it's like a hundred dollar fine yeah. or something like that yeah yeah totally <laughs> you know they're coming to this country to go work at like trump's golf club resort <laughs> absolutely and you know trump is is giving them green cards uh you know and and his own literally built are... a secret door in the fence around one of his compounds so that the undocumented immigrants could come and go without like having press attention <laughs> yeah at the same time that he's just like a wall will will stop the illegal right. immigration <laughs> well and ah. and at the at the risk of sounding like one of the like blue wave shit libs um, it is pretty funny to think about that meme that he printed out that was, you know, like Donald Trump's face over his design for what the wall is going to look like. And it was like, a wall is coming, um, you know, very much Game of Thronesy. when anybody who's following Game of Thrones knows that walls don't work for shit. Like the wall is literally work, falling apart in that show right now. Oh, man, it's going to be so funny. If Trump actually does build the wall, because it will just be like the wall from Game of Thrones. Like people will be like, I can't believe they built this stupid shit out <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. And they just it's just full of the worst, like dregs of society yep. dudes who just get stuck out here doing jack shit, nothing like every, once a month. Just getting worse and worse over time. You know, arrest a family who's just trying to go work in Trump hotels and then they spend $50,000, you know, putting them in a freaking concentration camp and then processing them through immigration court, right. which isn't even happening because the government is shut down. It's just the most ridiculous Rube Goldberg machine of ineffectual <laughs> cruelty. And meanwhile, all of the uh, all the farmers in Trump country 
are complaining about how they can't find like day laborers to like pick almonds anymore. <laughs> right. It's a beautiful world. You know, that's when <laughs> we'll know that America is great again. Um, <laughs> when population decline it ruins our economy and the wall keeps out all of the immigrants that would have kept our economy going. <laughs> Greatness achieved. I know it's harder every day to provide. But it's gonna change, I can feel it coming. And when it's here, we'll be side by side. Trump always making the headlines. You, you can't not talk about him because uh, it's just it's just so much fun. And we I could also... try. I mean, but <laughs> we did a it, couple it, times. There was some it, times. It inveigles, inveigles itself into so many aspects of our lives. It's uh, pretty hard to avoid. Yeah, I mean, when when the president of the United States is is a crazy person, you you have to talk about it. It's right. just you have to. But there's other crazy Republicans out there. You know, he doesn't have. <laughs> He doesn't have, you know, the market cornered on this one. Uh, so we got to hit it with this Midwest news. I know I got sure. some. I know you got some. Yeah. No, uh, and it's been a little while, too. We we had a fun time through the uh, holiday season and talked about a bunch of, like, kind of Christmassy things and a lot of national news over the past month, you know. We got to get back to our roots, I think. Get back to our Get back to our corn roots. So, uh, you know, not surprisingly, uh, elections happened in Nebraska as well as federally, and a bunch of Republicans won. And so in Nebraska, yeah, yeah. So now they get to uh, now they get to decide what they're doing. And uh, the new Secretary of State, Republican Secretary of State that they elected, uh, is bringing voter ID. The, you know, the popular and effective Republican program. <laughs> Certainly hasn't tanked any other, uh, say, Midwest politician's career right. uh, in, in living memory. Uh, yeah, like even Republicans, I feel like at this point are like, uh, dude, you don't want to be the next Kobach. Like, right. uh, you, you're, you're Kobaching out here. So, yeah, this is a Bob you never go. Evnen. You never go full Kobach. <laughs> He's I going... Yeah, he's going full Kobach. Uh, so this is Bob Evnen, uh, the new Secretary of State for Nebraska, saying, hey, we're going to make voter ID happen in Nebraska, uh, and we're going to pass it through the state legislature, which seems like a little bit of a, of a tough sell. Um, hmm, yeah. Uh, in, in the Nebraska legislature, there's, there's definitely some people who uh, are, are not into that. Uh, and <laughs> from my experience, it seems like there are ways that they can stop it from happening because I believe they've also introduced a similar bill in like the previous seven years. Yeah, I was going to say, this is like the, like the ninth time they're going to try to do this. Yeah. And the reason yeah, that they don't, don't do think, it is because it's terrible and stupid I, and it doesn't work and it's purposeless. Yeah. And Nebraska doesn't seem to ever have had any kind of a scare about a bunch of people voting when they weren't supposed to vote. I mean, the the state, you know, God bless it, but it does end up going like 99% red in every single election. Um, and it's been worse since they redistricted District 2, where at this point, like, you're not even going to split the electoral vote like they did for Obama in, in 2008. No, and in fact, I think that the one of the Secretary of States at the time, like, let slip that, like, his goal was to make it so that like a Democrat never wins a single electoral vote from Nebraska right. ever again since yeah. they gave one electoral vote to Obama, which was, I'm which surprised. was amazing. I'm actually kind of surprised that uh, there isn't a bigger Republican push in Nebraska to just get rid of uh, the 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 splitting thing, the electoral vote splitting, because it's it's one of only two states that does it. The other one's Maine, I think. Yeah. I think it's um, maybe like in the state constitution or something. So yeah. I think it makes it hard to like undo, which they could do, but they'd need like two thirds of the legislature to agree to do it or something. Oh, and, interesting. And why would you? Because like no one really cares about it 
that much either way, I don't right. think, because there's only worth three electoral votes. So it's a completely ineffectual state. Well, yeah, and it, well, no, it's it's it, so Nebraska is worth five, right? There's one each for the three congressional districts, and then the the extra two. Well, there's f- no, there's five representatives, but I think there's only three electoral votes. Hold on, we got to look this up. How many electoral votes does Nebraska have? Jeb, play that Jeopardy song. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's three, but there's five representatives because there's two senators from every state. But I think your electoral vote maps to your... Well, I don't know. I think I'm right on this. Yeah, it's five. It's five. Because, yeah, the way the, the way the thing works is each of the three congressional districts elects one uh, one elector to to the electoral college. And then the other two are like floating ones and they go to whoever got the got the majority. So, like in 2008, Barack Obama took District Two. Districts one and three both went for George W. or for uh, John McCain, and then the other two also went to John McCain. Brennan's just on his phone no, now. No, nope, you're right. You're right. <laughs> it is weird. The Electoral College is really stupid. Um, yeah. A Democrat well, introduced a bill to get rid of it today on the first day of uh, of the legislative session. Nice. <laughs> I don't think it's going anywhere, but it's it's yeah, nice that they're trying. Not. I mean, yeah, because that's a that's a constitutional amendment as well, right? Um, I don't, I don't think so. No, no, no. I'm sorry, not amendment. It's a constitutional provision. It's in um, it's got to be in Article Two, right? Oh How yeah, the maybe you're right. Hmm. With the College of Electors and everything, oh, yeah, yeah, it's it's like right there. It's in the it's in the source code. What a terrible terrible system! You could tell it's a terrible system because when we do stuff like invade Iraq and then like tell them to make a new constitution, we tell them like, oh, don't put in stupid shit like that. <laughs> right? Like, that would oh, be, yeah, a, yeah, be totally. a terrible constitution. Don't do that. <laughs> no, it's true. Uh, it, uh, America's constitution is is really basic and poorly written, and pretty much every country that has come to some kind of constitutional system since us has a much better one because they learned from our mistakes right well um, at our, constitutions... at our, literally at our direct uh right. you know like instruction like when we yeah. go to iraq like we're basically like telling them like hey this is what your, your constitution should say and then they just say like okay fine <laughs> yeah right yeah uh, their their constitutions happen to be way easier to amend also you know, as like new problems crop up that maybe you want to deal with in some sort of, you know, fundamental way. Um, yeah, not so much here. No, we just like to just let them grow and, and grow forever. Speaking of giant growing unsolvable problems, I think you got some news from uh, the Lone Star State down there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I, I was just uh, I was kind of checking what we were going to talk about uh, on the on the show tonight and um I've been sick the last couple of days, and I've been very online, but there didn't seem to be that much news, at least on my feed, uh, that pertained to our our listenership. Um, So I I decided to do a little research tonight and uh, just searched for Texas uh, on Twitter. Good, great topic. Yeah, Um, yeah. Well, you get you get a lot of uh, football news and all sorts of stuff like that, but um, I, I did see that Governor Greg Abbott tweeted out by 2025 u.s oil production is expected to equal that of saudi arabia and russia combined with texas leading the way hashtag texas ledge um which all of the people replying to greg abbott because i have to imagine that the only people who follow greg abbott on twitter are just super hardcore like texas conservatives we're very excited about all of the jobs this is going to create although even some conservatives were like why can't we like let some of those profits trickle down to like funding our schools and stuff like they do in Alaska, you know? Um, but another one of the, the tweets that popped up under Texas was right now in the Southern ocean surrounding Antarctica, there are more than 750,000 square miles of sea ice missing three times the size of Texas, a record deficit for this time of year. And I thought how fitting the, the Texas governor is 
online crowing about how we're we're going to make more oil than like the rest of the world next year and the thing that the the giant globe spanning problem that all of that oil production is causing is being measured in equivalents of the size of Texas yeah well and i saw a, a similar story basically saying that because Texas is so large and it gets so much sunlight and wind that they're one of the best positioned states to, you know, go to a completely green energy solution. Oh, for sure. And yet, no, let's just literally, like, burn that oil until there's not a drop left, and then we could just all be in Mad Max. <laughs> That's the plan. Yeah, right. Well, and in... In theory, I guess they're looking at it from like an all all of the above thing because there there's a town, a, a pretty good sized town. I think it's on the outskirts of Austin uh, that has completely transitioned to green energy. Like all of the electricity that the city uses is created by city owned uh, solar and wind utilities that then like sell the the difference back into the grid or whatever. But basically, nobody in town has to has to pay for pay for electricity. And if you could do that, you could also be extracting all this other energy and sending it places. Um, so you probably could, you know, kind of double dip into that pot. The problem, as you point out, is like, well, Houston isn't going to exist in like 20 years because half of it's going to be underwater. Yeah. Uh, I heard there was some floods there one time. Um, yeah. And it yeah, just there have been... You know, we get the occasional giant flood that shuts down, like, multi-million inhabitant cities for, like, two weeks at a time. Um, it's okay, though. It's not like people from the rest of the country have to help pay for um, infrastructure or uh, crisis relief or anything like that. Yeah. Well, um, you know... <laughs> God, there was some there was some article uh, recently that was like, "Hey, like, don't be like a climate, you, you know, negative person. Like, let's look on the bright side." And I, I couldn't even bring myself to read it because I was like, "I know this is going to be the most depressing article I've ever read in my yeah. entire life." It's it's been pretty amazing watching even you know like hardcore climate deniers are are starting to transition now. Uh, and uh, you're seeing a couple of different things. You're seeing people go like, okay, maybe it's real, but the way that people wanted to address it, like back when we could have, uh, wasn't right. Like I was right all along guys. Right, it was exactly. better not to do what your plan was. Um, even though this is going to make my kids grow up in a boiling seawater hellscape. Right. Uh, or in the politics industry, we call that a straw man, <laughs> right? <laughs> or you see people going like, "Okay, it's real," but have you thought about how plants grow better in like high CO two environments? Um, according to this one scientific paper that gets passed around by my Facebook news feed mm, uh, yeah. that I haven't actually read, yeah. Yeah, that's like the, 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 I think the Republicans' new plan is like the happening, where they're like, well, we'll just weaponize plants, like the plants will adapt by murdering us. And, <laughs> you know, problem solved, it'll, it'll all work out. Um, yeah, the climate fatalism is, uh, is, is growing, even on the, even on the right. Uh, it's, it's pretty amazing to just see them go flip from climate denialism <laughs> to, to, you know, like, climate fatalism. Like, even that yeah. Trump... Uh, report or whatever that came out was like yeah like climate change is gonna happen and it's like inevitable so like why bother even trying to fight it at this point like what a waste yeah, of right. money it's like just just this this catastrophic you know like trillions of dollars damage that it's going to do to the to the economy and th this is coming from conservatives who theoretically only care about impacts on the economy right but just think of think of the new you know, the new water economy. I mean, it's going to be booming, you know, profits oh, God. are going to yeah, be were, sky were talking high. About, talking about that on the radio tonight, that the uh, uh, the Harvard endowment just bought uh, a whole bunch of land at above market prices 
but it's because they're betting on the the groundwater that this property sits on. So uh, Harvard, <laughs> Thanks, Harvard Harvard joins the August company of the Nestle Corporation in being just absolute fucking societal vulture parasite uh, water speculators. Well, you know, I mean, as far as like overlord, uh, you know, empires of the post-apocalypse, you know, Harvard isn't that bad you know they gave us ben shapiro brendan they gave they gave us ben shapiro Mm. harvard is not good i mean you can't pin that on harvard i mean he was ben shapiro i mean they (laughs) what what did they do Uh, you know it was a fraction of what he already should have shoved him in a locker and left him there all four years (laughs) oh yeah um let's not talk about ben shapiro because he's terrible let's talk about somebody cool yo like whom remember uh, when we had, you know, our lost episode, one of the greatest episodes of Liquid Flannel ever recorded with former Teacher of the Year uh, in like 2016 or something like that. Oh, man. Tim Royers. Tim Royers. Tim Royers. Was, yeah. So we, we did a whole a whole interview with him uh, that was all about uh, his his. Uh, challenging testimony on the the Nebraska State Legislature floor, and all of the things that he's done in his district, and his advocacy for like higher taxes in the like especially in the Omaha and Lincoln suburbs to make sure that schools are properly funded. And what happened to that one? I don't remember. Uh, no, I think it did. I think it went well. Um, you know, Nebraska as much as no. I mean, uh, what happened to the episode? Uh, oh, well, you know, uh, you know, it, it didn't go so great. Truck got run over by a truck. Uh, That's right. Yeah, that and, was when... Uh, his laptop got a little uh, j- jumbled up. Uh, that is not why Chuck is not on the program anymore, by the way. Um, it's just, hit by a truck. It's he's, just he's a fine. coincidence. Matt didn't hire that truck. I don't know why you would even <laughs> suggest... Why would someone even suggest that that happened? Hey, um, look, just because Chuck happens to not even be in the country anymore and is in a Central American or a South American country <laughs> where nobody could ever country. find him. <laughs> I wonder why. It's like someone's out to get him or something. <laughs> so what's what's Tim Royers up to now? So yeah, Tim Royers, uh, we had a well, wonderful conversation with him about the need for um, funding schools, you know, to fighting against kind of the, the Betsy DeVos, you know, right-wing agenda of like let's let Jesus run the schools. Jesus take the wheel right. of public education, please. Uh, that that's not yeah, the greatest plan. Let's let rich parents take a tax break to send their kids to private schools they were going to go to anyway, while everybody else just sends their kids to the same public schools they were going to go to anyway. Except now they're horrifyingly oh, underfunded. Matt, yeah. public schools. How about coal mines? Come on, let's <laughs> let's not uh, let's not sell them short. You know, All right. uh, poor people can just go straight to the mines. Um, so, twenty nineteen, the year that we brought back eighteen eighteen. Yeah. And since uh, that episode was lost, no one will ever get to hear that we said to Tim Royers, like, "Hey, man, you should just run for the state legislature." Ah, uh, because he's doing that now. Uh, hey. Well, so that's that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. We got to get him back on the on the program then. Yeah. We're moving and shaking, man. You know, we're we're working behind the scenes of Nebraska politics. You know, we're the kingmakers of uh, the legislature for sure. Oh, I, I think our I think our influence on uh, Midwest politics is actually somewhat outsized, given that nobody else pays attention to it. Yeah. Who do you think is the next uh, you know liquid flannel guest to turn uh, legislature member? Oh man. Um gosh, we have so many great candidates. I could see John Levitt running for uh Ooh. like Alderman or something Hell yeah. like that. Yeah. That would be great. Uh yeah. I'm, I'm gonna say uh Kasim Rashid. Uh yeah, yep, that's right. Yeah, Kasim. I'm surprised he hasn't announced his like, you know, congressional bid yet. Or I guess doesn't he live in Washington DC where they have no representation at all? Oh yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> that's a bummer. Yeah, that's a really good point. Nah, you could run for uh, like city council. Don't they have like a representative that can't vote, like Puerto Rico does, where they can just like sit there and not do anything? Right, 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 right. Yeah, Yeah, that's the that's the worst job. Basically, just basically just giving them notice what's coming down the pipe. Well, yikes! Hopefully, he can uh, find. Maybe he can move to Virginia or something. 
Man, we have a whole bunch of good candidates, though. You know, I could see uh, I could see Connor Golden mounting a no, like, completely <laughs> a completely troll based, uh, a, you know, campaign for for Chicago City Council. Or... Oh, I, I thought you were going to say like Fortnite guild leader. <laughs> <laughs> Does Connor play Fortnite? I don't think so. Uh yeah, who else we got? Max Barber. Max Barber could make a great state oh, rep in a yeah from Minnesota. That would be great. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, we could. We should do it. We should do it. Um, we should break off and form our own country of uh, liquid flannelvania. No, no, it's uh, it's it's going to be the liquid flannel pack. Um, we're going to put all of our incredibly lucrative uh, Patreon donations into a pack, and then we'll fund our friends to run for office. This is Praxis, you guys. This is great. You should get behind this. I disagree. Uh, Civil War. Oh, okay. I mean, we could go that way, too. Yeah, someone was... You're, uh, not, you're not leftist enough. So, somebody responded to, like, we need a Green New Deal now online with, like, yes, and we also need a Red Army. I was like, okay. Like, you're you were all in, huh? Uh, it's too Christmassy. I don't... It's, <laughs> I don't like it. It's a, it, it's a it clashes. You gotta <laughs> Matt, I hear you're all caught up on The Bachelor now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm on. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's my favorite show. I've talked about it a bunch of times on on our show before. Just what a, a devotee I am of the. I just like people falling in love, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's where you get the most. Uh, you know, legit love stories in, in in our modern era. Look, it's super romantic. They take like carriage rides and uh, like Thai cooking classes together. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you can't fall in love in uh, like a couple of weeks of way overfunded courtship, like forced courtship, I don't think you're even trying. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, what Trump's going to do when he is not the president anymore is dump his wife and then go on The Bachelor. Because <laughs> that's like his dream scenario, is to just I mean, be surrounded by crazy people who yeah. want well, he's, nothing but reality show attention. He's 100% going back into either reality TV or like political commentating uh, as soon as he's out of office. That's that's got to be his dream job because then he truly won't be accountable for all of this negative stuff. He'll just get to say whatever he wants to say at any moment. Yeah. His brand has never been stronger. Well, again, that um, that would have been his dream job, and I think he was set up so perfectly for it. I mean, if he had lost in twenty sixteen, if he had not won, it would have been amazing for him. <laughs> he could, yeah, he would have just started Trump TV or whatever. Uh, all those Fox viewers would have gone to him because they because he's crazy and you know Fox is is too uh, it's too liberal for him you know that's yeah. that's where the real deal yeah, is even even his friends on Fox and Friends aren't always agreeing with him one hundred percent of the yeah. time anymore but you know who does agree with him Trump news one hundred percent of the time it's amazing it would be. Trump Trump news and also he could start his own entertainment channel and it would be the re reboot of Roseanne. <sighs> yeah. Uh, oh, but dude. just with Roseanne and none of the <laughs> other cast. And nobody else. <laughs> no, they would just replace everybody. Oh god. What was it that Roseanne was was doing? It was something absolutely hilarious. Um Well, you look that up, maybe I'll I'll fill in the listeners on why we started talking about the bachelor in oh, the first yeah. place I forgot we talking about the bachelor. <laughs> which is this amazing clip that just came out from i guess the new season of the bachelor uh where a gal i'm just gonna play it i'll just play it right now colton what's your name brie brie so nice to meet you nice to meet you you got a nice accent <laughs> where are you from um the accent it's australian i was hoping that you're kind of a sucker for accents <laughs> i, I am. know what you think about it i love it i'll see you inside all right okay all sounds right, good i'm not really australian but you have to do what you can to stand out 
I love the moxie. I love it. I, I think I think she's totally right. I think that when you're on a reality TV show, you've got to like set yourself apart from the crowd. And if that means adopting a shitty Australian accent uh, that like doofus guy in a tuxedo can't discern from a real one, like more power to her. I hope she wins. Yeah, I mean, the, again, the shit, the, the, like, I don't even think you really necessarily want to win. You just want to, like, be the breakout star of The sure. Bachelorette or whatever, or get your own spinoff of The Bachelorette or, <laughs> right. you know, just be like, oh, man, like, she was so, you know, hilarious and fun. And now, <laughs> like, watch her new Netflix special or whatever. Like, yeah, it's 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 not even about that at all. It's just about it's like a it's almost like a. It's like Shark Tank, but for crazy reality show personalities. Or whatever, oh, yeah, right? sure. You're no, just going it, out pitching your crazy reality show persona to America and seeing if they bite. What's really funny to me is it's it's not even a new grift. You know, people have been doing this for... I mean, there's a joke in the original British office, which came out like... What was that, like 20 years ago oh, or it's something? Ins- it's insane. It's time. Where, like, Ricky Gervais's character is like kind of on the outs. Uh, his career is is kind of in the gutter, so he goes on like the UK Big Brother, because um, that's like that's the last refuge for somebody who's trying to save their celebrity. Is you go on reality TV? Yeah. Oh, it's 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 beautiful. Um, yeah, that's gonna be the only career in the future, though. So <laughs> right, make, get ready, make sure. Yeah. We're all we're all living in that that one uh, Black Mirror episode where you can either like ride an exercise bike all day for some reason, or you can go on a reality TV show. Yeah, yeah it's gonna be awesome. But um, or yeah, you could be Roseanne. Oh my god, I just I just now realized that me saying exactly what that actual literal Black Mirror episode was about sounded like somebody making a joke about what Black Mirror is about. <laughs> Well, now it's like a now it's like a choose your own adventure uh, game. Yeah, have you done that thing yet? What's it called, Bandersnatch? No, I didn't do it because I actually I literally have never watched an episode of Black Mirror. Um, well, it's not like a it's it's not a a serialized right. story. It's, it's every episode is kind of like a self contained little right. You know, Twilight Zoney kind of uh, you know vignette. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Outer Limits or. Uh, Tales from the Crypt, yeah, I think is a good comparison. But I've heard it's like very, um, it's very good, and it's uh, it's very thought provoking, but also that it's like super depressing. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> so you know, I just never felt like the need to get into it. But no, it sounds interesting. I actually have played though. Netflix has a lot of kids content that has been doing choose your own adventure for a while. Yeah, my my nephew was doing one of those the other day, and it was uh, it was like. Going through a fairy tale land, and you had to make the decision for, um, you know, like in any any given fairy tale, it's like I either challenge the giant or I like try to like offer him desserts or something like that. Yeah, those are definitely very fun. Um, I, I think it's it's interesting that they're that they're doing that concept, um, and I hope they continue to do it. I think it's really neat. This is the first time they've done it with like an adult focus show so i don't know maybe i will do it and and check it out it seems like it's kind of a fun thing yeah yeah it's funny that it's taken television so long to try to gamify i mean this this idea comes up every like five to ten years right i i remember hearing that in the future would be seeing movies in theaters where it would take like a a straw poll of the audience and figure out which way the plot was going to go um, and that, that would have been when I was a kid or something. Um, it, it, it surprises me that it's taken so long for somebody to actually try to do this since we've had streaming for so long. And since it's an, an integral part of a lot of video games. Right. Yeah. It, it's, it's neat, but it also, it, it's, it's very difficult to do successfully. And I think what I've heard of, of the Bandersnatch thing is that it kind of doesn't quite you know, like pull it off because when you introduce the element of like, well, you can choose like anything, it almost becomes like, oh, so like there's not like a real story or, or maybe there is a real story, yeah. but there's only like one way to like get the quote real, you know, story. So, you know, you remember reading a choose your own adventure book. It was always not a great 
experience could you just be like well i don't know which you know door to open and then i guess i died to go on (laughs) yeah Yeah, nope i died okay go back to that page and (laughs) well that was stupid i think yeah i think as a i think as a little kid i even took it more seriously where i would you know i'd make the first wrong decision it's like you were eaten by a grew the end and i was like oh shit well i guess i don't get to like find out how the story ends and i would just put the book back like, it didn't actually go back and try to, like, figure out what the right ending was. It was just like, oh, that sucked. Yeah. Yeah. I, I lost. I lost at a book. Yeah. That's why I love the idea of, of using that kind of format, but not necessarily, like, in the traditional, like, choose-your-own-adventure kind of way, but in, like, other, you know, ways where you're forcing the player to, you know, interact in a way that makes... The story has to be aware of the gimmick in order for it to really pull it off. Um, an example is, have you ever read the Sesame Street classic, A Monster at the End of This Book? Oh, yeah, uh, but yeah, but not for a long time, so take me through it. So it, it, it's a book where uh, you, you open up the book and then it just says like, hey, I hear there's a monster at the end of this book. Um, and it's Grover, and he's like, wow, monster, huh? Like, that, maybe we shouldn't, like, get to the end. So, like, maybe just don't read this book, please. Um, <laughs> right. And then you turn the page, and he's like, are, do you, are you not listening to anything that I'm saying? Like, uh, why are you still doing this? <laughs> and it, it, it forces you to, you know, to complete the story, you have to keep, you know, clicking through, even though they're telling you, like, please stop, don't do this. So I think that kind of interaction... Uh, could be really effective in a in a black mirror type scenario versus the false you know uh, you know idea of like you have a choice of like what the story is because you oh, don't yeah. really have a choice because all of the content is 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 authored. I mean, there's only so much there to explore. That, that would actually make a really fascinating short film, like somebody or possibly multiple somebodies addressing the viewer and talking about here's what you're getting out of this. And I can assure you it's not going to end well. Right. Uh, you know, like, please stop watching. Uh, it's very, uh, it, it's like Grant, Grant Morrison's animal man run right. where animal man <laughs> figures out that he's a comic book character uh, at, over the course of the story. And there's this horrifying moment where you turn the page and he's, it's just like a full head shot of him looking directly into your eyes. And he's like, I can see you. And it's like, Oh my God. <laughs> That, that is, is horrifying. Yeah, that is that is amazing. No, and I think that's the kind of fun stuff that that, that allows you to do. So uh, I, I I hope they continue to pursue that because I do think it's a really intriguing concept. But uh, I think it'll take a while to figure out how to really be- effectively use it. Well, and as far as that goes, toward our our high note, this hilarious bachelor clip. Um, there's there's a certain there's no small amount of that going on with reality TV show production at this point, right? Like you you pointed out that you don't go on The Bachelor to find love, you go on The Bachelor to be that person who went on The Bachelor and it like helps your career. But it's not like the producers are against that either. They're also kind of amplifying that thing. So you end up with this like meta narrative about like people on reality TV shows that doesn't really have anything to do with the conceit of the show, which is theoretically a guy sorts through a bunch of women and picks the best one. Yeah. yeah. Well, get ready for like Netflix's new, like the, the virtual bachelor where you just get to like pick which attractive woman, <laughs> right. you know, talks to a first person camera and says like, Hey, this is a great uh, romantic date. Thanks for taking me on this helicopter yeah, right. ride. Netflix's slow transition into like Japanese dating sims. <laughs> oh, but that's like that again. Like that's the that's the perfect level of interactivity, right? Where um, you know it, that you don't have to interact that much, but you're just like, oh yeah, how about you know this you know cosmetic choice or whatever, right? Like, do yeah, you want to sure. go on the helicopter ride or the boat ride or whatever? Right. Th- those are the well, type was... of things that can work instead of like who lives and who dies. Like, you can't make a show with who lives and who dies. Like, what do you make every branching choice? You know, it's like the grain of yeah, rice on a chessboard, you know? 
Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah, the, there, we would need to record more video content than there are, like, hours until the heat death of the universe. Right, yeah. It's it's uh, it's like multiverse theory. Every <laughs> single branching choice spins off all of the other choices, which is why I was thinking about, I think, uh, a video game that has the reputation of doing this very well but actually doesn't is Knights of the Old Republic, the original, like, mm. Xbox, you know, uh, Jedi and Sith all in, you know, 30,000 years ago or whatever, um, where your character has a whole bunch of moral choices to make throughout the entire story. You know, it's like, I'm either going to, like, help this woman track down her missing husband or I'm going to, like, uh, like mind controller to sell me his, like, land speeder or whatever so I can, like, hawk it. Um but even none of none of those decisions even impact the narrative because still by the end of the game you have like the one big branching choice right and again yeah i mean bioware um who made that game um they they did it better than anyone but you're right i mean when you when you play through enough of those games you you can start to see through the design, right? And figure out like, okay, like it is mostly the illusion of choice, but the benefit of having it be a game is that, I mean, you could play that game for like a hundred hours, right? And just be and like, I, I really, oh, yeah. <laughs> I really love this character. You know, I'm going to yep. do all his quests. I'm going to go all the quests with him, get his dialogue in this quest, you know, and, and, you know, and then I'll go back and replay it and bring a different person on that quest and see yeah, what you they bet. say. Like, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to try to be like as pragmatic as possible versus I'm going to try to be as evil as possible versus I'm going to try to be as virtuous as possible right. are all very fun ways to play that game. Right. It affects how missions come out and stuff like that. Uh, but narratively, none of it really makes a difference because you always end up in the same. There's this one nexus near the end of the story where you make either the good choice or the bad choice. And then there's that one ending. But yeah, trying to do branching narratives for like a Black Mirror episode. You're right. Yeah, it, it multiplies out these permutations of different choices, especially when they don't interact with each other. I mean, that just adds a. Uh, you know, a third dimension to this graph that you would have to make. But yeah, it's, it's why it's, you know, when video games can pull that off, uh, it is so impressive, but it's also like so rare that there's a video game that has like meaningful player choice in it. <laughs> oh, for it's sure. It's so yeah. difficult to do. Well, uh, I've been introducing my, my nephew to Bioshock Infinite, uh, since I've played through the thing and we've talked about that on the show before. Uh, and I've been thinking about it with relation to the first Bioshock where the first Bioshock, you're, you're that like empty slate protagonist character, like no name, nobody ever talks directly to you. So you can just kind of put your own like morals in there. Um, and it has those, illusion of choice choices as you go through the story, but it's pretty much the same by the time you get to the end. Uh, whereas in Bioshock infinite, you are a guy like a very particular guy and your actions are all prescribed for you. And I'm not sure that it makes for worse gameplay because at least it tells a story, you know? Yeah. I've always had trouble with, um, so like I love games like Skyrim where, like there, there is a story, but the story is like so generic that it's just like, hey, whoever you are, like you're just the guy, and like you're right. fine, you're the chosen one or whatever. Yeah, like, you're yeah. always you're always referred to in the books as like the champion of this city or right. whatever. Um, yeah. So you know, and I always kind of you know like that because it allowed me to you know you, you put your own spin on it, right? And you're bringing it up. Whereas in games like like Grand Theft Auto and things like that, they would have you be like a character, you know, in yeah. this gang. And then you'd be like, well, I'm like a nice guy. But then the mission is like, Hey, go, like go to the mall and like, you know, run over some people or whatever. <laughs> right, uh, yeah. And you're like, Oh, I thought I was trying to like be a nice guy and like help my mom or whatever, but maybe not. So yeah. G Grand Theft Auto got you, gr the, I think it was Grand Theft Auto four got even worse because it also introduced all these side quests where you had to hang out with your family members and it was just a drag of a gameplay. So it's like, I'm supposed to be this nice guy. And to get the good ending, I guess I've got to go like drive all the way across town, pick up my cousin and take him bowling in this terrible, shitty mini game that isn't fun at all. 
uh, so yeah, it was like introducing not just your actions are prescribed because you're a, per, uh, a specific character, but also you have to do all the boring shit that that person would actually have to do in their day to day life. And yeah, that's not a great approach either. Right. Yeah. But uh, the other game I planned is I, I have uh, that new Spider-Man game. And uh, man, that game is absolutely, you know, incredible. And it Big tells old, like New York City sandbox. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. And it's it's amazing. And, and it tells, you know, a story that like rivals any like Spider-Man or, or like Marvel movie. Um and it is just absolutely impeccably like acted and like the casting is just amazing. Like every single nice. person in the game is just incredibly like well acted and the performance capture is like so good that it, it is really almost like watching a, a, a Hollywood movie. Um, and it's interactive, but they don't give you the illusion of choice. You're not like, all right, Spider-Man, like, do you, do you want to murder this guy or what? Like, you're, you're playing through as Spider-Man. So you're always making, you know, the, the Spider-Man-y decision. Um, yeah. And it, it works really well. Um, and it, it makes you really, like, want to do a good job so that you could be, like, the best Spider-Man that you could be. Well, I think that's the resolution for 2018 then. Uh, Liquid Flannel listeners, any of you who are into reality television, uh, play video games instead. Yeah, that's a, that's a great a great solution. Not necessarily my resolution for the year, but a good one for anybody who is watching The Bachelor as anything other than a, a humorous curiosity at this point. Yeah, if you're doing your, like, uh, doctorate on, like, uh, you know, human psychology, uh, you know, in the, the mid-20th <laughs> mid century or whatever, uh, it, it's perfect. <laughs> well, I think we'll call it quits there. What do you think? Yeah, we, we made it. First podcast of 2019. That's right. Started yeah, off right. Some, uh, we have some cool things slated for you in, in the year 2019, some cool guests we've been making friends with, uh talking to old friends getting them to come back nick lesman would have been with us tonight but he's got the same crud that i've had for Ooh, the last couple of days so no fun nah it's all right in the meantime you can of course follow the show and whatever we're tweeting about at liquid underscore flannel on twitter and i'm matthew hodges i'm also on twitter at matt the Great. And I'm Brendan Williams, and I'm on Twitter at Brendan Williams with one L. One L only. Double L's, they're extraneous, you don't need them. <laughs> I, I like that you just committed to just going with a misspelling of your name just to have that Twitter handle. I think what actually happened was I tried to get my real name, um... And I didn't know how Twitter worked, and it popped up a th with a thing that was like, hey, like, your name's not available, but, like, this is pretty close. And I didn't, like, realize that it was a misspelling of my name, so I was just like, oh, yeah, that's the name I wanted. Like, perfect. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a mistake. No, it, it, it works for you, though. I like it, because it's, it's more like Brendan, Brendan Wileyums, because he's, he's wiling out. I'm, I'm, I'm Wiley out there. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Bye.